0: I'm going to read to you um, the the opening line of his, we'll call it his journal. Midway, this way of life we're bound upon, I woke to find myself in a dark wood where the right road was wholly lost and gone. I'll read you another interpretation of of that. Uh, Midway along the journey of our life, I woke to find myself in a dark wood for I had wandered off the straight path. Yet a third interpretation. Midway on our life's journey, I found myself in dark woods, the right way lost. Who can tell me who this is? Dante, yes, very good he wrote this seven uh, he actually set this it's uh, he wrote it a few years later but he set this 700 years ago this year so he was describing this experience 700 years ago as a matter of fact i gave uh, a version of this talk at Yaka valley at the spring retreat at Yaka valley on the very day that he set this so that was 700 years to the day that we were sitting here Letting him be our teacher. So notice that he said our life's journey, not his life, but our life's journey. It's the life we're all bound upon. And notice that he said, I found myself. I woke to find myself, depending on the uh, particular interpretation. So this is something to pay attention to. He woke to find himself lost. You see, we get that a little confused if we don't pay careful attention, if we're not specific enough in our mindfulness. When you awake on the cushion and you've been lost, it's very easy to identify yourself as having been lost in your thought. When in fact, in just this particular moment, you're not lost in your thought. You're awake, you realize, oh, I got lost in my thoughts. I was daydreaming. I was, I was completely uh, telling a story to myself. And in the same way, in your daily life, you may be caught in something that's so big, it sweeps you away. Maybe it's an illness that you're struggling with. Maybe it's an illness of a member of your family, or it's a relationship that's not working, or it's something at work, and you're lost. And, then, and, and you're completely lost in it. But then you wake up and you realize, oh, I'm lost. In that moment, you are in the dark woods, but you are not, you are, you are awake. Do you see that difference? It's such an important difference, because when you are awake, when you are in the moment, in our language, there is the possibility of options, of, of changes, of growth, of finding meaning in the experience. But when you don't know, when you are asleep in those woods, then there's no possibility of meaning. There's no possibility of transformation. So give yourself credit. You sit here on this cushion. Give yourself credit for doing that, that you go through these moments of waking up, that you are in fact training yourself. You're training your nervous system to wake up knowing full well you're going to get lost over and over again, but training yourself to wake up. He goes on. Now I'll start from the beginning. This is, by the way, from... Um, I, I, I read three different versions, but the, the one I'm reading from is the Robert Pinsky uh, a version of The Inferno, which um, uh, won the National Book Award a few years ago, and uh, I recommend this. Midway on our life's journey, I found myself in dark woods, the right road lost. To tell about those woods is hard, so tangled and rough, and savage that thinking of it now, I feel the old fear stirring. Death is hardly more bitter. Pretty dramatic, huh? Doesn't sound like a modern sort of thing about, oh, I was so depressed. (laughs) And yet... To treat the good I found there as well, I'll tell what I saw. Though how I came to enter, I cannot well say. Being so full of sleep, whatever moment it was, I began to blunder. Do you see? Just like us. Just like you on the cushion any given moment. When did you go off into thought? When did you start planning? Maybe you didn't catch it at all. And in your life, how did something get so out of balance? You can't say, the, the, the uh, importance of saying is so overblown. It's like, oh, here I am, this is where I am. I'm in a dark wood lost. This is where I began because this is where I am. Not where I was before I got lost, but here now. But when I came to stop below a hill that marked one end of the valley that had pierced my heart with terror, I looked up towards the crest and saw its shoulders already mantled in rays of that bright planet that shows the road to everyone whatever our journey. So what did he do? He awoke in this dark woods. He had been asleep. You can imagine him either lying on the ground asleep or you can imagine him just wandering around in these woods not realizing he was wandering around in these woods. However, it would uh, work for you as a visualization. But the moment... That he realized that he had been asleep in the dark woods he immediately resumed the journey although he was lost he did not quit he did not give up he resumed the journey and he comes out of the dark woods and he sees the crest of the hill And he goes oh this is my way he's actually seeing the Sun as it's breaking right over the crest of the hill and he goes oh I can get out of this. I'm not, I don't have to be stuck down here in this, uh, this place. Then I could feel the terror begin to ease that churned in my heart's lake all through the night. As one still panting ashore from dangerous seas, looks back at the deep he has escaped, my thought returned still fleeing to regard that grim defile that never left any alive who stayed in it." Very serious, that grim defile that never left any alive who stayed in it. We all know those places in our own lives. And he stops and he reflects. From our modern language, we would call that integration, or in a uh, superficial way we'd say processing. But uh, integration, that is, this is what's happened, this is where I am, and letting the learning come in. When we're on the cushion and an insight arises, oh, this is just my mind. I'm not actually suffering this fear that's got me so caught. I'm just experiencing it in my mind. You stop and you realize, oh yes, this is what my mind does. It creates these mind states and I believe them, when in fact, I'm just sitting here on the cushion. I haven't gotten fired. I haven't uh, lost my whatever the thing is that we're afraid of. It's just a mind state. We come here and we see that it's our mind doing its thing. We integrate the insight so that it becomes part of our base to go forward. After I'd rested my weary body a while, I started again across the wilderness, my left foot always lower on the hill. So he sees the crest and he goes on. Here's the way to get up. He's going to circumambulate up the hill. He's going to do a spiraling up the hill through the wilderness because he sees the top. He sees how to escape from this. So I'll repeat it again. After I'd rested my weary body a while, I started again across the wilderness, my left foot always lower on the hill. Someone tell me why his what the significance is of the left foot always lower on the hill. Someone who's not heard this talk before. <laughs> Dare to be wrong, you will help us all. The left is sinister. That's possible. Yeah? What else? Mm-hmm. 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 That's that's good. Well no, that's that's a, that's go ahead. Yes, excellent. The two of you together, you're you're really forming this here. So yes, there's some there's some there's some shadow, and there's something that's left behind. And notice that it's always lower on the hill, always. You might know this as sitting on the fence, <laughs> so that you have this intention to change, right? I'm going to. Uh, uh, change my diet I'm going to not get into fights with my spouse I'm going to sit every morning for 30 minutes whatever the particular story is that you tell yourself but then somehow it just doesn't happen the that left foot's always lower on the hill he is in fact of two minds part of him in fact is still drawn to to that which he was just saying oh I'm so glad I escaped it now I know most of you in here don't do anything self-destructive like that <laughs> but for those of you who might be relevant, so what is the consequence of this for him? And suddenly a leopard near the place the way grew steep, lithe, spotted quick of foot blocking the path, she stayed before my face. And more than once she made me turn about to go back down. It was early morning still, the fair sun rising with the stars attending it, as when divine love set those beautiful lights into motion at creation's dawn, and the time of day and seasoned combined to fill my heart with hope of that beast with festive skin. So it's it's a, a spiritual time of year for him, and it's the early morning, so he's filled with energy and that rising sun sort of symbols for him rising hope. So that he, he goes, oh, uh, I, can, I can overcome this leopard. So he, it's, it's, it's keeps getting in his face and it's, it turns him back but he believes he's going to be able to overcome this. So he's, he's, he's got lots of hope. But not so much that the next sight wasn't fearful. A lion came at me, his head high as he ran, roaring with hunger, so the air appeared to tremble. So now things aren't so sanguine. (laughs) This lion is coming roaring at him. So he's getting a little shaky now. Then a grim she-wolf, whose leanness seemed to compress all the world's cravings, that had made miserable such multitudes. She put such heaviness into my spirit. I lost hope of the crest, like someone eager to win, who tested by loss, surrenders to gloom and weeps. So did that beast make me feel, is herring towards me at a lope. She forced me back to where the sun is lost. Toward where the sun is lost. So he's going back he's being forced back into that dark woods where no one ever, uh, you know, lives who doesn't escape that. Really scary. So from the Dharma perspective what might the leopard and the lion and the she-wolf represent? There's a bit of an imaginative leap here because we're taking we're taking something from one tradition and hearing it in another. The leopard and the lion and the she-wolf. There's three things that come up a lot in dharma talks. <laughs> <laughs> um, some dharma now that would be that would be the positive side. But now, what would be the negative? What do we have to overcome? That would be samsara. Uh, they would all three, in a way, represent samsara. But that's good. That's in the right direction, also. That's yeah. So. Ignorant, ignorant. Yes. So. So the leopard, uh, from actually from uh, from this um, t- from the from the Christian tradition, this came from the leopard to the, uh, There's a lot of debate about this in terms of interpreting it, but the general feeling is that it represents uh, a, a, what they call uh, greed. For we, for, for, what we what we'd call greed, but what they're calling the sense desire. So this this, uh, this this sensuous cat, you know that sort of movement of the cat, that desire, what we would call greed. And the lion, which this sense of, in its shadow side, in its negative side, the lion would represent that inflated sense of self, that kind of prideful sense of self, that would be, would be uh, very, adver- have a lot of aversion to anything that was, that, that, it, that was against it, that it would have this kind of aversion. So that would be the hatred. And then the she wolf. this is the big imaginative leap. Would, uh, would represent the delusion that causes the samsara, that what keeps us on the wheel, which keeps the whole thing going, that, that uh, deluded state of mind. So, so there we have greed, hatred, and delusion showing up in, in, um, uh, in Italy, right outside of Florence, <laughs> 700 years ago. So he's, he's really freaked out now, right? While I was ruining myself, back down, and he says "Running, not running, but ruining. So he is, you know, he is destroying himself. While I was running myself back down to the deep, someone appeared, one who seemed nearly to fade, as though from long silence. I cried to his human shape in that great wasteland, have uh, living man or shade, have pity and help me, whichever you may be. And so he's running down, He's completely overwhelmed by these uh, animal instincts, these these forces that are within him. This is an inner journey. He is completely overwhelmed, and he sees this figure, and he goes, oh, living man or shade, meaning like a spirit or a ghost, "Uh, help me, please. And it turns out that, in fact, this is a spirit. It's It's a hero of his from a long time ago, the poet Virgil. And he says to Virgil, you know, I'm, I'm really like caught in this and help me. C- can you get me out of this? And um, uh, Virgil says to him, well, um, I have some bad news and some good news. <laughs> and the, the bad news is a different path from this would be best. For you to find your way from this feral place, he answered seeing how I wept, this beast, the cause of your complaint, lets no one pass her way, but harries all to death. Her nature is so malign and vicious, she cannot appease her veracity, for feeding makes her hungrier. Just like the hungry ghost realm in the Dharma teachings. That there's, that if you are caught in wanting mind, whatever it is, wanting the, the, the pleasant or wanting to be free of the unpleasant, it is, it is, you're in a, you're in the hungry ghost room. It is, you can never get out of that, that way. It can't be done. So that was, that was uh, one side of it. The other side is that, of course, to get out, uh, the, he, 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 the, way, the way up is the way down. The ascent is the descent. he tells Dante he's got to go through hell to to uh rise uh to get out of this to get out to get out of his quagmire that he's in to get out of those dark woods. now Dante's completely afraid uh, and he goes, "Okay, sure, sure I'll do it you if you're in it because the uh, Virgil says, "I'm here to help you i'm going to I'll lead you out of this." and Dante goes, "Great, let's do it <laughs> so we all know those moments when, in fact, we go, oh, why don't I sit every time? Every day I should be sitting. Oh, it's so great to finally have this moment's peace to, to see that I'm caught in all of this. Boy, I'm going to do this from now and I'm going to go to retreats every, every, every month. I'll, I'll at least do a day long, so on. We all go through this. And in my life, I'm not going to engage myself in that argument again with my, my significant other. I'm not All of these things. And and because we're we're in the moment, the pain is so great that we in fact so uh, it seems easy to go this this other way. It seems easier, but that is a kind of false resolution. It's useful because it gets us towards the real moment of resolution, but it's a false resolution. And so they start off uh, down the path, and Dante, after just a little ways, he goes, "Hey, uh, Virgil." <laughs> Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, and I'm not really sure I'm cut out for this. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe we should look for some other way because, you know, for me to be able to do all of that, can I really do it? How many times are we afflicted with doubt in just that same way? And Virgil says, "Hey, come on, you know, you can do this. Don't, don't, don't start whining." But uh, he can't. He can't do it. He can't. He says, "No." And so Virgil says, "Look, I'm going to tell you how it is. I came here, and I came here at at the instigation of someone who who is, is deeply concerned for you, and who that someone turns out to be is Beatrice. Uh, Dante's uh, love from his his childhood on this uh, this sort of uh, idealistic love. It was not someone he was ever with, but someone that he had uh, projected his love onto. And so Beatrice had come to." virgil and and ask for him to come help dante now from our point of view to look at the, the the story just from this point we can see that what what has happened to get dante here is first of all honesty that is that he was he was prepared to be honest with what was true the truth was he was lost in a dark woods he then used perseverance To go on through those dark woods as best he could. And he integrated his experience as he went as best he could. And he took inspiration from nature, from whatever he could take inspiration from. This is something that we sometimes forget when we're lost in our own struggles, to take inspiration. And he also had hope. It's very paradoxical, this business of hope, because hope is in fact what gets him started up that hill where he runs into these three beasts which forces him to go another way. And he had humility. He was willing to take help. And he had a teacher. For us, the teacher may be in the form of books. It may be a series of teachers. It may only be the inner voice that we listen to as our teacher. Or it may be some combination of all of those things. But it's very important this idea of the teacher. And for him, part of that teacher was the Beatrice aspect of himself, that part of him that was love, that was idealistic love, that was divine love, that was what we would call in the West agape, love that is not uh, uh, tied into our selfish interest in terms of maximizing the pleasant and minimizing the unpleasant, Uh, a, a love that's greater than that. And so that's part of his teacher. That's the inspiration aspect of his teacher. And again, in your own life, at various points in your childhood, points uh, as you, uh, you were growing up or now, there are moments when you feel that kind of spirit in you. But how easy it is to forget it, to not notice it, to not integrate it. And when it comes up on the cushion, to not, oh, yes, there's that feeling, to not appreciate it, to not let it come in. Again, this is the specificity that I started the evening with. To really notice what arises that's pleasant, that that is unpleasant. To really notice that which is inspirational, that which needs to be integrated, that which is a taste of freedom. To start to really specifically incorporate it into our practice and into our daily life. And uh, he gradually, as we'll see, is starting to accept the way things are. One of the things that keeps us lost is that we don't want to accept the way things are. And what's so particularly painful to watch in my own life and to watch in all the people I work with is how often people don't want to accept the way things are in terms of something that is part of history, part of their personal history. Something bad happened to them at some point in their life. And they don't want to accept it. To this day, they're still in some way holding that experience at arm's length. Holding it at arm's length. And yet it can't be changed. It has already passed. And yet they're locked in that. And we all do that. We all do that. We deny the experience that is already our experience. And insofar as we do that, we hold on to it forever. We never get to move beyond it. We wander around in those dark woods. We get out for temporarily, the beasts come, and it just goes over and over again as a pattern because we're holding out that which needs to come in and go through and move on. This is the great value of the cushion, is learning to be with what is, to see things just as they are, to embrace that. So uh, uh, Dante's reassured by this, this, this news that Beatrice had sent Virgil. And so they go on and they get to the gates of hell. And uh, the initial gate to hell is always wide open. <laughs> As you get into it, it turns out that actually it's, it's harder to get through certain other gates of hell. But the first gate to hell is, uh, is wide open. <laughs> and um, so they get there and... Um, uh, there's a sign above the portal, above the door, and it says, it, it starts with, Through me you enter into the city of woes. Through me you enter into eternal pain. Through me you enter the population of loss. And then it goes on a bit, and then it's, it finishes with, Abandon all hope, you who enter here. So Dante reads this and he goes, uh, uh, Virgil! <laughs> What does that mean? That sign. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and Virgil, by this point, is getting a little bit irritated with Dante, and he goes, "Oh, stop being such a coward! Come on, <laughs> stop!" And but Dante persists. He says, "Well, so what does this mean?" Um, and uh, he he, he says, well, "I find this too hard to gather." And Virgil answers. All fear must be left here and cowardness die together. All fear left here and cowardness die together. My interpretation of that from the Dharma perspective is that we have to abandon the false hope. The false hope is the hope where we want things to be other than they are. Where we want the past to be different or this moment to be different. The next moment can be totally different. The next moment is the moment that's just arising. We have some choice, some participation in that, but not about all these other moments. And that, the, the wanting to have the pleasant and to avoid the unpleasant, as though we can make life meaningful on that basis, that's a false hope. It's a hope to be, uh, to be abandoned. The hope that we're not going to age, that we're not going to know death, no sorrow, no loss. That's a false hope. To pin your happiness based on those things is hopeless. It's, it's a false hope. That you have not had unskillful moments in your life that have hurt others, unskillful moments where you have hurt yourself, that would be a false hope. Those things have happened to you. To, so that kind of hope is to be abandoned and then to go into the experience. And so uh, they do, and they go, they go inside, and um, right inside the, the portal is all of these people just sort of standing around. They sort of run this way and they run that way, and um, uh, Dante says to Virgil, well, what's going on with these people? And it's, it's the antechamber of hell, it's not actually hell. And, uh, and uh, Dante, Virgil says to Dante, well, these are people who couldn't make up their minds. <laughs> So there are people who've never gotten started. They haven't even gotten to hell. They they're nowhere. They, they just couldn't make up their minds. And uh, uh, a very important thing to say about hell, which I have uh, the, the Catholic Church backing me up on this. <laughs> the Catholic Church recently declared that, the, the Pope recently declared a, a couple of years ago, I guess now, that, uh, that hell is a state of mind. It's not a place. It's a state of mind, and they define it as separation, separation. So when you, are, when you hear this, hear this from that point of view, when you are separated from yourself, when you're separated from spirit, that is hell. Purgatory is the pain that comes from being with what is that's unpleasant. That's the samsara of life. Hell is the separation, the denial, the not opening to that process. And there was a cartoon recently in the New Yorker of which uh, was sort of a Dante-esque drawing of these people in this, these flames, and they're flailing around. And these other people are walking on past that. And one person is saying to another, they're the lucky ones, we're headed for telemarketing. (laughs) Sort of a, a modern day interpretation of this. So we're talking about a state of mind and we're talking about separation. The value of the cushion is to see you separate and to come together, to unite. You're called yogis. You're yoking, you're uniting, you're bringing together. It is a yoga practice. It's a yoga, it's a bringing together. It's a harnessing. The harnessing implies a certain amount of work involved but it's a joining. It's it's it is a union. It's a, a letting loose of the separation, and so they go through. Uh, we it it takes three dharma talks to cover the inferno. So we're only going to get to a uh, little pieces of it. Uh, they 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 go through that. There's these various layers of experience, and um, uh, at one point they're at this huge waterfall. I mean, it's gigantic. It's like uh, think of the Empire State Building or something. I mean, it's unimaginably uh, tall, this waterfall. And uh, uh, Dante can't imagine how they're going to get down that waterfall. And um, he, uh, Virgil says to him, he described, this is how Dante describes it, I had a hank of cord wrapped around me. With it I had planned to take the leopard with the painted flank. I loosened it from me at my master's command and passed it to him, Nodded and called up. Turning to the right, he flung it from his hand some distance off the edge and down the slope, into the depth of the abyss. I thought, some strangeness surely will answer from the deep. And what happens is this uh, uh, monster arises from the deep. This monster with a very pleasant face with these uh, very lizard-like arms and this scorpion tail and this, uh, uh, it's just a monster and and, and that is what carries him down to the real depths from which he has to go to the depth in order to come up the other way. So uh, just a quick question, this cord that he took from around his waist that was able to summon that, any thought about what that cord might represent? Say it. Say it again. Just in, case. Just in case. Yeah, that's that's one thing. What else? Untying the cord of surrender. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> you, you're a very good group in terms of getting these things. Uh, of course, nobody knows for sure what uh, what uh, Dante meant, but the general feeling is that this was the, the this was the cord he was going to capture the leopard with, right? So, this was his will, or you could say it was the, uh, it was the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, this whole idea of the, uh, I'm blanking on words here for a moment, the, uh, the original, um, the, the snake, the snake that, that the original snake of the whole theology of that, or that it's the monks, the monks wear those robes around them. It's the idea of the, the individual ego can overcome. These great forces within us—it's a kind of surrender, and in surrendering, we we see the worst of ourselves, and yet that worst of ourselves is something that carries us, as opposed to devouring us, because we've acknowledged it. We've not held on to this false what we would call uh, grandiosity in psychology. Um, most of you would know that term or inflation as a term. But this idea of this will that I can do it all, that my ego is so strong I can do it all, as opposed to surrendering yourself to the cushion. And so that's how he gets to there. And then the very final stage of this, he gets it, uh, He gets to the uh, to the bottom of hell and there is Lucifer frozen in ice, the perfect image of separation, frozen in this vast thing of ice. And so but they're at the end, so where do they go from here? And Uh, Virgil says without explanation get on my back so uh, Dante climbs on Virgil's back and uh, uh, Lucifer's all spread out like this and he's huge and uh, uh, Virgil sort of leaps onto his chest and starts climbing down his chest hair and climbs all the way down Lucifer till he gets to sort of the uh, the thigh area right at the thigh right where the, the leg begins and so he's climbing like this down, they're going down, and then Virgil lets loose. Dante just freaks out because the thought is, oh, I'm falling into some even unknown abyss of hell. But in fact, as they fall backwards, then Virgil grabs onto the hair legs and starts climbing up because at the very bottom, it turns because it's all circular. At the very depth, it becomes up. But to find that, you have to let loose. You have to truly finally surrender and then you're climbing up and you know this from your own bad moods your own times of depression your own time of sitting there going if i don't move right now my knee is just going to burst into flames or i'm just going to die and then you realize oh it's just pain it's just pain and it's okay but it is unpleasant but it's okay that's that kind of moment that's a small version of it but each time we practice that, we equip ourselves for ever greater things that we can embrace, that we can free ourselves of in our lives. It's a really wonderful image of that. So uh, they climb up, and they come into this beautiful uh, this beautiful uh, day, and then uh, uh, Dante begins his, his journey through purgatory, which is a whole other story. I left out just a few things along the way through hell. (laughs) Some of which you probably didn't mind skipping, but uh, so we have just a few minutes for any questions or comments that you want to make about this. Anyone want to make a comment? Once. (laughs) Questions? Yes. To us that were that caused us to hurt. Yes. So we'll want to hold on to them, and how we can get stuck in that. And um, what occurred to me is the um in psychology, the idea of the power of denial, mm-hmm. we can like not have a conscious choice around that at times. How the attachment holding on to that can be That's absolutely right, you know, and so in terms of sitting. I don't know, I just, you know, my mind kind of heard the part about like, oh, well, so then I just have to let go. You know? but and, and sometimes you can't. Does everyone understand the point he's making? That you can be sitting with something and you want to let go of it, but it won't let go of you. Right? We all know that. In that moment, you are in the dark woods, but you're awake to it. And your practice in that moment is to stay with it, to stay with the fact that it's caught you. That's the value of the specificity. So you stay with it. and you go, oh, I'm caught in this. It won't let loose of me. And you see that it's causing you suffering. So, and you're not, since it's not leaving, you just accept that that's what's present. That's what's true right now is the suffering of memory. And you infuse that moment with loving kindness and compassion for yourself. Without the loving kindness and without the compassion, it's my experience, at least for people in the West, that the practice doesn't have enough juice. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it can't seep into all of the places where our stuff is caught, you know? And so we, so there's the, tremendous compassion for yourself, tremendous loving kindness. And, uh, um, uh, you know, we do retreats and that, and people give all sorts of talks about the metta practice and the karuna practice and so on. But that's, many times we are caught, and we just have to stay, from, a, from this point of view, the staying with it is the purgatorial experience. But so, so there's always an option through mindfulness. It may seem like there's not because the feelings are so strong, but if you just keep saying, no, but I am mindful, I am mindful. And then the other side so that there's always movement. So let's sit together for just a moment here. Let's let this settle in.